Go. Kick back, girls. What's the name of the podcast, JB? Nigga, is you deaf? It's a pod named Kickback. A pod named Kickback. It's like a tribe called Quest. You say the whole oh, thing. thing. <laughs> I was taking a sip when you on that pod. Oh, I almost didn't get it out. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard you over there like, because I, I heard it in the headphones. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. He missed, he missed it. It's all good. <laughs> so welcome to a pod named Kickback, also known as the Black CNN and the Revolution Will be televised. I'm a new breaks new the righteous ratchet. If you throw it, I'll catch it. If you got it, I'll match it. Every Monday. We right back at it. I am the Black Savage. What's up? What's up? What's up, y'all? It's JB Frank. I'm that gangster geek representing N. W.A., Nerds with Attitude. Happy Monday, And it is Monday this time. Not that yeah. Schmatterday shit. We right, 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 right. <laughs> we, we had some a couple of Saturday shows. Right. We, we probably had some in the future at some point. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Saturday worked out okay, though. Having Sunday to kind of chill and get ready for work wasn't a bad thing. But, no, you boy. Know. I, I, I slick like that shit. <laughs> now I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. time to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. Fuck, uh, right, right. I'm sorry, though. We get to proper wind down last week, wind up next week. You yep, know yep. And that, while you're here, don't forget to subscribe to the vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, on all social media, at a pod named Kickback. Our Patreon, as JB said before we cut the mics on, is uh, patreon.com slash a pod named Kickback. That's definitely how you can support the movement. Um, help us get more mics, better mics, better cameras, give me some better outfits or something shit. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Get this shit together. But, um, <laughs> all right, JB. Um, my left stroke just went viral. Here we go. Here we go. This is our viral story of the week. This yeah. is the story we've been discussing on Facebook in the most well-mannered way possible all week. We've never offended anyone during this conversation. And we ourselves have never been offended during yeah, this conversation. Yeah, Because okay. we all handled it so well. Yeah, okay. Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> I yeah. really seriously hope you are. Jesus. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I do want to get a, a little more serious. Um, we, we've been discussing uh, what Dwayne Wade has let us know, which he continues to let us know, which is the progress with this child um, going from, um, I guess, transitioning from a boy to a girl. I think initially we thought the the, um, the young boy was, was gay, and mm-hmm. that was it. Mm-hmm. Ain't no idea. He now says he's a, he's a girl. He feels like he is right. truly a girl, and they are beginning the steps for him to transition to a, a girl. Um, he has changed his name, and and forgive me for the pronouns. I'm going to say it in a way that will for anybody who doesn't know that's going to tell the story. Uh, I'm not trying to be offensive, but. The little boy, he is transitioning to a transgender girl. Yeah. Um, Well, before I, I, let's let's start. Let's start with uh, let's start with two very important uh, things that you said, and it relates specifically to the pronouns. Um, A little boy, a boy, a boy of twelve years old is now in the process of transitioning to become a girl, a girl of 12 years old, 
we are still talking about someone who is not only a minor, but also someone who has, um, shout out to Jules. Thank you for listening, sweetie. <laughs> um, uh, this is something that, you know, hap- like, this is a grown-up decision. You know what I'm saying, New? And, and that's, what I, that's what I struggle with because we're talking about a boy transitioning to a girl, but neither of these individuals are adults. You know, um, well, it's the same individual, but, you know, this person isn't an adult. So they haven't really truly fully formed their own concept of identity yet. And this is where, and this is where it gets tricky, New. Yeah, um, I, uh, people have, I'm very careful with my speech because people have been trying to jump onto anything you say and make you homophobic, make you transphobic, make you worried about, yo, you care too much. All this dumb shit y'all say when y'all don't have intelligent arguments. Um, so I'm going to try to not, uh, give you any fodder. Um, I do think 12 is too young to make any lifelong decision. I won't let a 12-year-old, um, they, they probably can't decide their dinner most nights. Um, and depending on what school they go to, they can't decide their clothes. They can't decide who, they can't date. Some 12-year-olds can't even, can't ride the train or bus by themselves. Right. Some 12-year-olds you won't leave in the house overnight by themselves or at night by themselves. Um, so I don't know that I'm, they can't vote, they can't drive, they can't drink, they can't go to war. I don't know that I'm giving a 12-year-old the power or the, to make the decision to change their gender. I am sympathetic to the fact that it is quite possible he is very aware and or she and, and knows that I am really a girl. And, and anything is possible. But I just don't think, uh, one, there's no rush. I don't see what the rush is. And two, I just don't think that's something that a 12-year-old should be making a decision on. I would feel more comfortable if it was a teenager, maybe 16, 18, um, going into adulthood. Um, I don't see what the rush is. And for people who are um, I've been debating with, I want you guys to know that gender and sexuality are not the same. So to ask me, well, when did you first realize you like girls? Changing your gender has nothing to do with what you like. It has to do with who you believe you are. Right. So when they're asking me when I started liking girls, that, that, it's an irrelevant question. Yeah, absolutely. If you ask true. Me when I recognized when I, that I was a man, a boy, a male, I, I never recognized it. This has always been. I was born that way, raised that way. It was. It, it's never come into question. So I, I don't know what day that started. When I was a month old. When I was a year old. I don't know. It, it never was not that. And that is what makes this situation different because the child is saying it is different. Yeah. It is something different. Yeah. Well, and you brought up a couple of very salient points that really kind of drive this discussion because you talked about um, the inability to vote um, prior to the age of 18. You talked about the inability to, you know, uh, drink or smoke or uh, or do a lot of things. In fact, in a lot of states now, you can't even drive until you achieve the age of 18 now. Um, so there's this whole concept of being fully developed as an adult before you put the reins of lifelong decisions into somebody's hands. And sex change or gender transformation is one of those things. You know what I'm saying? And I think 
I think that's the important point here. It's not, you're not invalidating those thoughts or those feelings or those suppositions at all. You're just saying, wait until your mind fully develops so that you can be better informed and better prepared to make this lifelong decision. And another perfect analogy, New, is when you yourself wanted to change your name. Now, I've known you for 30 years, which means I knew you well before you achieved the age of 18 years. Um, if you were to ask me when you decided you wanted to change your name, I can tell you it was years and years and years and years and years and years before you turned 18. Yes. The laws of the country would not allow you to change your name until you achieve the age of 18 for a certain reason. And that reason is that a change of name is a lifelong decision. It is an adult decision the same way marriages amongst other things i want to jump in jb because you made an excellent goddamn point just now um and i just want to add on to your excellent point um i decided i wanted to change my name i, I was probably in single digits um initially i wanted to have my mother's last name um that, that's that's what started it and i grew up grew up in mayfair dc and the nation Islam was was my neighborhood was very, very bad. The National Guard had to come in. The Na Nation of Islam had to come in to secure my neighborhood, to protect the kids from the shootings and everything that was going on with the drug dealers and the gangs. And um, so the Muslims were very influential to me because they were the ones that saved my neighborhood, um, made me feel protected um, as a you know six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old kid. And so I, I started wanting to have a, a Muslim name, but I didn't really know what Islam was because I was only like seven. Right. I just knew that they were different. They had bow ties, whatever. And I started the transformation of changing my name. And I, you know what, I'll tell y'all something. My name was Ricky. How about that? So it, I, I tried to make it Richard. I get a, a right. full name, because Ricky kind of like a nickname. I'll make it Ricardo. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna get a, a, a Muslim name. It's gonna be Rashad. Like I, I, my name, I had about 15, 16 different names. My last name was gonna be Shakur at one point. And I said, no, I can't have Tupac's last name. But it, it just was a, a I look, been thank, thankful to God. And I thought it was just dope. And I was a big Tupac fan. So I had about 20 names. If you had let me pick my name at 12, I don't know what the hell it would have been. Yeah, it wouldn't have been good because you were picking your rap names at 12 and some yeah, of them yeah. were <laughs> right. crazy. <laughs> like the blind MC. <laughs> MC dog shit. Remember dog that shit? shit? <laughs> yo, yo. I literally... Well, <laughs> no, no. It was this, literally dog and shit. And this was before, like, the old dirty bastard yeah, and all of that bullshit. <laughs> so, Damn. Yeah. I don't yeah. think nobody said that out loud in, like, 20 years or something. Because none Damn. of us wanted it wanted to. Like, you came in like, yeah. I'm, I'm, and we were like, uh, uh. Uh, uh, it, it was uh, just yeah, uh, yeah. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> uh, let's 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 talk for a second, bro. Like, so you want to call your <laughs> like? Oh, that that created damn near intervention. We were like, yeah, no, like, yeah. like we will not allow that. To, you've never said that on stage, have you? Not once, right? Not once. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so so let, let, let's bring it right back to your yeah. point, JB. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to make this like we're attacking. Zaire, Zaya. I want to make this about us asking questions and figuring out how to Absolutely. better raise and, and support these children. Absolutely. So 
in trying to support these shows. This is bigger than Zaya. We're not making it about Zaya. We're making it about the big picture. And JB, you were saying at age 12, I wasn't legally allowed to even change my name. Mm -hmm. So um, back to your point. Yeah, and so, you know, why why are we going to allow a 12-year-old to not only choose their sexual identity in such a way that is different than the way that they are born. I mean, that's one thing. But then go through the surgical and the transformation process of actually changing their gender identity. You know, that's something that can never, ever go back. Like, it's something that can't be fixed. Um, and I've read, I've read lots of articles of people, I mean, in their early 20s or in their late teens who've had this procedure done and now are trying to figure out a way to get it back because they regret that decision, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know. And some of them have killed themselves you know, it's after bad. making that decision. Yeah, it's really, really bad. At so, a young age is what we're saying. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and let me just end with this briefly, New. You know, I respect, I respect D. Wade's hustle. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is a father. He is dealing with this situation that he probably never grew up exposed to, you know, kind of like me. Um, he wants to love his child. He wants to be there for his child. He wants to support his child. And he's doing so as best as he can. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to make it clear that this isn't a knock on him or a knock on his decision. These are just some other some other considerations that might, you know, might need to be factored into that. I absolutely agree with that. Um, this isn't a, a bash D-Wade thing. This isn't a bash Gabby thing. Nobody's bash in this scenario. Everybody's doing the best that they can. I'm only offering, um, from my vantage point, that I don't know if it's the best idea to let a 12-year-old make that kind of decision. Um, yeah. And, and that's really it. I'm not saying that, you know, I think once they reach what we would call the age of maturity, you can kind of do what you want. And I think the people that are saying it's okay, is there an age that's too young? Um, and I'm asking you guys that. Is there an age that's too young? Is 10 too young? Is 6 too young? Is 2 too young? I can tell you what, what age is old enough to trust that thought. And I would say I would say 18. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think you should have, be able to do anything surgically, um, any kind of plastic surgery, any kind of enhancement or whatever until you're 21. Yeah. But I think you can begin that process at 18 if you feel strongly enough about it. And, and I would support it. But I, I think to go under the knife, you would have to be at least 21. Yeah, I would, uh, I would, like prefer, I would prefer it if it were also uh, restricted to an adult age. And honestly, I would prefer that that be something that happened by law, actually, so that a part of that whole decision-making process can be taken out of the parent's hand. Now, I know that sounds weird, but there is something that happens in that dichotomy between you know, the parents and the children when you're trying to support them, yet you're trying to get them. And this happens a lot with preteens and with kids at a young age. You have to get them to wait on certain things that they want to do. Wait to yeah. have sex. Yeah. Wait to go out and drink and drink. Wait to try weed. Wait to do these things until your mind is fully developed and you can understand what you're getting into. Let me ask you guys, okay, you would allow a 12-year-old to re-identify their own gender, but would you would you allow that same 12-year-old to sit down and do shots with you? 
Would you allow that same 12-year-old to sit down and drink with you? Or even allow that same 12-year-old to decide whether or not to drink? You know what I'm would saying? You, and how would you feel about that 12-year-old if they were having sex with an adult? That's what they wanted. So I'll be vilifying R. Kelly for no reason. Because if, if at 12, you can do what you want, and you know what's real to you, and, and you know yourself, if we're giving that to a 12-year-old, is that is it only with gender identity? Yeah, and that's the scary part, and that's the slippery slope. You know, well said. And um, so prayers up for the whole family. I hope everything works out well. I hope uh, Zaya gets to, you know, eventually at some point, whatever his, her heart desires. Yeah. It's not my goal to stifle that. I just want them to make, I just want Zaya to be able to make an adult decision. Yeah. When it's time to do whatever she feels needs to be done. I want it to be a, con a well-considered and a yeah. well-thought-out decision and a decision that has been prayed on and really moved to in, a, in the right way. And maybe that has happened, I, but I, I just yeah. I, I struggle I, with yeah. that for I, a 12-year-old. Yeah, exactly. For a 12-year-old, I, I don't believe it's happened. Yeah, I struggle with that. I believe it's possible, but I mean, it's crazier things have happened. Exactly. So um, shout out to them. Keep being positive. You won't get any negativity from us. There, there, there will be no bashing of Dwayne Wade or Gabby or Zaya. We ain't on that. So nope. continue positive energy your way. I hope it all works out. Um, power, JB. Yeah. They say it's a big rich town. Hey. They should have put me on the song. <laughs> I just come from the poet's part. <laughs> I could have yeah. did better than uh, Trey Songs and they put them on it for a week. And oh everybody my God. got mad. Tore up, tore up everything yeah, when they, they did that shit. They could have put me on that show. They yeah. say it's a big rich town. Tore up everything with hey. that shit. Uh, I just killed. Oh, so, so those for those of you who have been living under a rock, too fucking bad. It's spoiler, it's spoiler alert time. Um, the show's been around for a week now. The finale has been out for a week. So, if you didn't watch it before, fast forward. Yeah, it is what it is. What it is. Fast forward about three minutes. Yeah, the finale was dope though. The dude. finale was dope. Um, the series power. I'm gonna say goodbye to power. Yeah, because it's been one of my favorite shows over the last five six years. Mm -hmm. I got on, I got into it. I think going into the second season when I caught on, and I was like, "Yo, this is good." Like, damn, Fifty actually has a good show. Yeah. Like, this yeah. shit good. And I saw a lot of similarities in all of us in in Ghost and Tommy and their brotherhood and um, tossing the kids and it was just like, damn, like yeah. like dude is trying to change his life and get out the game. And I'll end it, I'll, I'll say this: They never let him get out. Every time he tried to get out, they brought him back. Yeah, in, some bullshit happened. Him. Yeah, yeah, new. But you had an interesting theory about how it went. In. Um, I drank too much beer, so I'm gonna step away for a second <laughs> and have you break down okay. your theory okay, real okay. quick. I'll be so, right back. <laughs> so, as you guys know, about three, four weeks ago, um, well, whenever uh, Ghost first got shot. And they went into that little break. So I guess about a month or two ago, I said that it was Tariq and Tasha doing it together. Like they they came up with this plot to get rid of him and they killed him. And um, everybody was telling me, no, it's Ramona because that she's Terry Silver's sister. And I was like, how do you know? How you what made you think that's Terry Silver's sister? How did the information leak to you? It never got to me. So how how do you know that? But everybody on the internet was so obsessed with that. 
And then they had the clip with Tasha Shat Ghost, and everybody said that was the real ending. Um, and I just kept saying, like, I think it's Tariq and, and Tasha. They tired of his shit, and they're gonna do something together to get rid of Ghost. And I did think it was Tariq that shot him, but I thought it was a direct, you know, plan with Tasha. I didn't know the plan was that Tasha was supposed to actually shoot him. But I also said that Tasha would try to stop Tariq at the end, and she's gonna get there too late. Right. So I fucking nailed that shit. I should, not only should I have sang the theme, theme song, I should have been a writer <laughs> on the show, JB. I'm going to create a TV show now based on my knowledge of what was going on, my Nostradamus <laughs> take. <you know? laughs> Nostradamus on power. You know, I had a spinoff show. Yeah, yeah, I, I Don't they have off. a spinoff show? Like they're like talk power or some shit, kind of like um, The yeah, Walking Dead? Um, damn. It's uh, Power Confidential. Yeah. Yep. So it's hosted by Terrence J. Uh, so after every episode, they do a deep dive, bring the actors and writers on. Right. And kind of recap the episode. Um, the last season was getting on my nerves. And I was like, damn, this is like Game of Thrones all over again with this bad last season. But that bonus five episodes, they were really good. I really enjoyed watching everybody go through everything and, you know, their, that day and figuring things out and, you, you know, trying to figure out who shot ghosts, who killed ghosts. Am I going to be right or am I going to be wrong? Because we're all betting on it. Who you think did it? 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 Um, I do want to say one more time I was right. But um, moving on, that's not important that I was right. That, that's not what's important, me being right. What's important is giving uh, 50 and Courtney Kemp he's an asshole y'all he's always been an <laughs> asshole in case y'all missed it my brother is an asshole I'm anyway, anyway. I promise boy. you one thing Here we go. I will never change <laughs> check out the new demand catalog <laughs> I got songs um, but you hold up Tariq is going to be something ruthless in the spinoff since he killed his own pops that's true me yeah. like, like if you kill your father it's really who won't you kill? Yeah, I who mean, who won't you kill? He had that whole Kaiser Soze like Michael Corleone thing going at the end of that show. I was like, oh shit! Like, oh, like, like the look on his face, like the way his face changed. I was like. He looking kind of, kind of, kind of dangerous there. Yeah, he still don't recognize me for who I am. I'm you, Dad. <laughs> right. I was like, right, oh, shit. Right, right. Then he was like, you in the way of my future. You know what his own line. Right, right. You know what his own line. Ain't that what you told uh, Breeze? Ain't that what you told Breeze? You in the way of my future? Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy watching. I think That's how I feel about a Marlon Negro boyfriend. What? He's in the way of my future. <laughs> what? You, you in the way of my future. Okay. I'm you, Dad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I, I don't get that parallel at all. Uh, but <laughs> she bad as shit. <laughs> Shout out to you. Absolutely. Um, the other dope part about it well, was at the end, we got all of these little trailers for all of these spinoff seasons that they're running. And there were so many of them. We were looking at it like, that can't pop. It can't be a season for each one. Because they do a trailer and then a name and then a trailer and then a name. And they Power did Book this. Two, Power Book 3. Power yeah, Book they did that shit like four times. We were like, Whoa. All these shows? Yeah, and it turns out, yeah, yeah, he's got all of those shows. Yeah, for real. Four spinoff shows. One, two, three, four <laughs> spinoff shows. And, and it's looking like each one is going to get one season. Yep. Yep. So each one will have one season. So Power Book Two is Tariq's story. Yep. And that takes place where well, they said 48 hours at first. But now they're saying 72 hours after a Ghost gets killed. 
And so it'll be him at school and all of that shit. And Tasha in jail. Uh, we know Cooper Sacks is back. Um, JB's gonna make a guest appearance. I, I heard he might sing the anthem on. Um, well, actually, I'm gonna sing the anthem. They say it's a big rich yeah, town. Yeah, Tariq is uh, gonna try and join the. What is Siri Ubal- doing? A Siri, I don't know. I don't know what Siri is doing. Siri was. Yeah. Siri caught on. Siri was about to sing along with you. This <laughs> is a solo song, Siri. This is not a duet. <laughs> but they, they say we don't look at each other enough when we do the show. So I'll make sure when I'm talking to you, I'm looking at you. You a dude, young. I ain't, I ain't trying to gaze into your eyes, man. That's I know what, what you. What they, they I saying. know what you look like, man. <laughs> well, tr- trust me. If there's somebody else on the couch, then we do look at each other because we need to have a whole nother conversation. Right, right, right. We, we need to the show with our eyes. <laughs> right, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. When it's just the two of us, we don't need all that. Don't need all of that at all. Damn that. <laughs> so power's great. Um Absolutely. I know you guys were talking about it and all the spin-offs. So we you know broke that story here. The East uh book will be one season. We have Tariq's book, Power Book Two. We have Raising Canaan. Which uh, Fifty will be on. Mm-hmm. He'll be doing the voiceovers. It'll right. be like uh, the Wonder Years, where he's telling the story with him, Ghost and Tommy first. Nice out. analogy, the Wonder hey. Years. Fred Savage. I am the Black Savage. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, Power Book Three, which is uh, Lorenz Tate's episode, which is more about politics. They said it's gonna have a House of Car- House of Cards feel. Mm. That could be good. Yeah, that's gonna be good. That's gonna be. And... Good. He's such a slimy motherfucker. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Tommy's and Tommy's yes, in Tommy's. LA. Yep. Tommy's episode. So um it would be interesting to see is if any of those spin-offs gets more than one season. Like yeah. one of them does so well they're like, we gotta we gotta bring this shit back. Well, he's playing with house money, right? So he's able to double down. So that's exactly what he's doing. He's figuring yeah. one out of the four will take off and turn into something else. Or you know, he could be planning on doing the DC Universe thing. We've seen with, like, the CW where you fuck around and you get a whole good world universe developed and you can spin three, four, five shows together and have them have multiple seasons and integrate the stories and have everybody, you know, team-ups and all of that they, kind they of funky shit. Integration. Exactly. At some point in time, we're going to come back to Tariq. <laughs> exactly, at exactly. Some point, at some point, Tate might... Who else is there? Is Tate, Tommy... Well, that's that. The other one is when the kids. Mm-hmm. It's, so that one don't count because that, that's going to be a separate universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, that shit might be the one to take off because that's what I want to see when they was kids mm-hmm. and just starting to learn the game. That's I mean, when he tell Breeze, "You in the way of my future." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I, you, Dad. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the two that'll take off are Tariq's joint and the Wonder Years <laughs> joint. I feel like those two will take off yeah. because you can do direct parallels between those two, and it'll be dope. It should be fun, though, man. It should be fun to watch. It's fun to follow, man. I love yeah. it too. I love a black man, you know, jumping out there and building this kind of media empire. Too. And we gotta watch for life. He has a show on ABC now. He was on Breakfast Club, like dog. They ran five commercials of my new show on ABC during the Oscars. That's dope. That ABC bag a little different than the Star's television bag. Right. Right. 50 winning. Right. 50 winning. Right. Yeah, I mean, we're talking talking hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, to have a show on a network like ABC. Yes, that's, 
Yeah, you see, he's swimming in he's swimming yeah. in a deeper lane now. He about to do the BMF show, you know, BMF, mm-hmm, Black Mafia mm-hmm. family here in we Atlanta. We talked about that last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's gonna be doing that show, so that's gonna be crazy too. Yeah. So shout out to Fifty, man. Like, like I ain't mad at you, homie. Media mogul, I gotta love it. Gotta love it. Our what the fuck story of the week? Yeah, that's a what the fuck too. JB. <laughs> And I know JB's part, you know, African, part Native American. (laughs) And we found this out because he went to Ancestry.com and did the test. No, I did not. And now they have his DNA. No, I did not. And now the police are looking for JB for the murder of Ghost. You gonna fuck people up? You gonna have people on Facebook talking about JB is a murderer? JB shot ghosts. Man hunt for JB. JB shot ghosts, and so now the, the police are able to oh subpoena uh, the DNA for Ancestry.com yes. to do with what you know, do with as they will, like whatever. Yeah, I mean, this is this is fucked up because. Um, you know, these aren't criminals. These aren't people with any kind of criminal record at all. Um, and so they shouldn't be in any kind of database. Now, let's be clear, kickbackers. If you are the suspect in a murder or a rape or something like that, where DNA evidence could be evidentiary, they can get your DNA. They just have to subpoena the courts for it. And then you are you you have to give up your DNA sample or they come and they bring your ass to jail. It's just that simple. So this doesn't, in my mind, this this doesn't make the legitimate police work easier to me. You know what I'm saying? This makes the shady bullshit easier to me because now they can pluck your DNA out of a paper bag and decide that you're the suspect in some case somewhere if they want to. Mm-hmm. If they feel DNA like on a crime scene. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how that works, but <laughs> it bothers me a little bit. And a I little got, bit. Shit. Yeah, I, I got I gotta say that I'm thankful that I didn't do the ancestry.com joint like I was planning on doing it though, new. My, my gut, something about it just didn't smell right to me. I, you, you know what's crazy? I plan on doing it and wanted to do it and my my siblings are my cousins, as you all know, as you do or don't know, my mother died when I was very young. I was estranged from my father and that side of the family very young. So my cousins on my mother's side of the family became my brothers and sisters. And a few of them have done it. And uh, so we've been able to try. And then my aunt, who raised me, went to Africa with one of my uncles and, you know, did some research. So I know I'm of the Fulani tribe, uh, which, you know, spreads across Nigeria and a few other countries. Um, However, so knowing that, I wanted to get deeper. And so some of my siblings, you know, did the uh, Ancestry.com or 23andMe. And and we verified some of the Fulani lineage in our family um, even further. So I wanted to do it myself because now that I'm in touch with my father's side of the family and I know that like that family's from Macon, Georgia, and my mother's side is from DC, I was like, I want to know more now. So I was getting real hyped to do it. And my siblings was like, don't. Do not do it. They'll have your DNA. Who knows what they're gonna do with it? And I was like, well shit, if they clone me, JB, it's more than me, like that's for shit. 
that, that, yeah. it'd be a lot of happy women. If it was more than, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I, I, I am Polly, but we're talking oh, about Polly time later. But it would be, you know, it would be a lot of happy people. Yeah, and, that, and that's the scary part about this is that. But that can get cloned? That's what you're scared well, of? Well, no, no. I, well, yeah, actually, that would be a little disconcerting. Two of you walking the earth might be a problem. Um, but um, but it, it just it just occurred to me while you were talking about this, though, that it's not only them sprinkling your DNA on somebody, it's them finding someone who might have been a distant relative of yours and somehow them relating that to you because you are in the proximity, right? Um, it's all kinds of weird shit that, you know, like, what if you're... What if your your father or, you know, one of your, you know, maybe your father has got other children out there and one of them got into some shit, but they don't know it's them. They find this DNA and, and you do Ancestry.com, you know, so now they can distantly link it up to you. You know what I'm wow. saying? Wow. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's. Yeah, it, it's it's scary. There's no question about that. Big brother's always watching and you stealing goddamn shit. You got damn right. You got That's damn why my, right. Um, I, I had I think it's on. Now. I don't want to say it too loud, but I think Alexa is on. I usually keep it unplugged. And we so serious just wake up and start talking shit in the middle of the podcast just now. Um, so they're always listening, and now they can get our DNA. It's, that that's some scary shit. If you've done Ancestry and Me or uh, you know Twenty Three and Me or Ancestry.com. I will look into what your rights are. Um, I don't know what they are. And it doesn't seem like you have any. Right. So right. I, I, I would do some investigating. Yeah, that's real. Because it, it strikes me as, as really, really bad. Like, you know, I, I don't think the Patriot, the Patriot Act extends beyond, you know, grabbing people's DNA out of a private database that that I seems tom like a lot was behind this shit <laughs> tom brady wow <laughs> this guy this guy oh and just real quick let me geek out for those of you who are listening to us on loudspeaker alexa up down up down left right left right select star oh shit <laughs> yeah that, unlo that unlocks super mode for alexa <laughs> oh so yeah so then she can control like geothermal satellites and all of that good stuff it's pretty oh. cool yeah that's like the stony the tony stark cheat code for uh, alexa yeah <laughs> and, 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 and and if she is listening alexa play a pod named kickback yeah that's the other thing super mode unlocks <laughs> <laughs> um uh our donald trump shut up stupid award Goes to JB's old frat brother, Mike Bloomberg. I'm not. A, I'm not that old, y'all. What was his name? Mike Bloomberg. Yeah, I said. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Bloom, Mike Bloomberg. I knew you knew because y'all was frat brothers. Um, Bloomberg, former mayor of, of New York, I believe, mm -hmm. who's uh, now in a presidential race, and he's been getting a lot of um, flack for comments he made about, um, I guess, the, the 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 dive in the real estate in the finance game. And he went on to, you know, he elaborated saying that it was mainly due to getting rid of redlining, I guess, is what he said. He basically alluded to the fact that, um, you know, the Fair Housing Act allowed uh, banks or forced banks to start giving loans to people in underprivileged areas who couldn't afford the loans. And that's what got us into this situation. I think... That's a small view. Um, There's it, a lot of tunnel vision in that. I think there are other uh, mitigating factors. Um, 
it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's racist. It's racist-ish. And um, he's coming under uh, attack for that. Being though that every black person in America now, he's their new favorite white guy. All the black mayors are now supporting him. We know he was a Republican, then a Democrat, and an Independent. And um, he's down with OPP. It's a lot of, he's doing a lot of shit. Yeah. Basically, I mean, for those of you who have been living under a rock, again, Bloomberg has decided we need to do whatever the fuck we can to get Trump up out of there. And I'm going to spend however much money. If it's a money thing that's going to make this whole thing happen, Bloomberg was like, I'm all in. And so that's what he's doing. Now, related to your comments specifically about the housing market, um, a lot of what he said was improperly worded and put in such a way that it could seem elitist and racist. He put it in the wrong words, but in terms of lining up the facts, the historical facts, he was in essence accurate. Um, there were a lot of loans issued to lower income families whereby they couldn't afford those loans. However, the part that he missed was the bullshit that they were doing to sweep those loans through. A lot of those loans should not even have existed under conditions that they did. If you're giving people low interest loans and then have the interest rate jump in five years, um, then you're not giving them a loan that, that they can afford the property. And you set it up that way to fool them, right? That's the part that he didn't talk about. Break that shit part. down, JB. Yeah. Gangsta geek, nigga. Yeah, so there, so, and again, so what happened is there were these mortgages. There were two different types of stipulations that were allowed. They were called, they were called, oh, I forgot the, the, real technical term, but in essence, they were called liar's loans, and then they were called arm loans or adjustable rate mortgage loans. Now, the arm loans would start you out at like a 1.52% interest rate for the first five years of the loan. Okay. So you could get like a $350 house and be paying $700 a month in mortgage for the first five years, right? Now, what would happen after the five years is that mortgage would balloon to 10%. <clears throat> now, the concept was you were supposed to pay enough of the house down so that you could refinance and get a normal mortgage within five years. But you're giving this loan to people who don't have a lot of disposable income. So they're not saving the money so that they can buy a better mortgage later. They're just spending the money because it looks like free money to them. Okay. Five years down the line, now that now that mortgage has tripled. It's gone from $700 a month to $2,100 a month or more. Now it becomes something unaffordable. People don't pay it, and the mortgages happen. And the house Damn. is upside down because the market exploded. So the house wasn't even worth what it was loaned out for to begin with. Damn. So now the bank is stuck with a bankrupt, foreclosed, upside-down mortgage. They paid $400,000 for a house. And they foreclosed on it. And even if they sell it again, they're only going to get two hundred grand or three hundred grand back from that. That is why the banks failed. That is Damn. it. <laughs> that That's is deep, it. JB. JB put yeah. that shit the fuck yeah. down. You need to understand so, yeah. that. Um, yeah, so Bloomberg, if you're not going to tell the whole story, shut, shut up, up, stupid. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Just that simple. That's it. That's it. Our Nipsey Hustle Award. Yeah. We're actually going to give out two because today marks the second year anniversary of Nipsey's debut album, Victory Lap. We know Nipsey had a billion albums and mixtapes before, but his first official 
album release that was Grammy nominated before he was killed, so he earned it for show was Victory Lap, and um, it dropped today. And um, it's, it's cool to see all my posts last year today talking about, my nigga Nipsey Drop, Nipsey Drop, this is my favorite rapper, da, da, da. And then to look back on it and be like, damn, Nip. You yeah, know. yeah, sad, sad and sorry that he's gone. But um, yeah, that's a, that's a dope award to give. I mean, we named it after He the gets his own award. Yeah. Whatever yeah, show it. has a Nipsey Hustle Award yeah. for excellence and achievement other yeah. than a pod named Kickback. Indeed, And it's, Indeed. it's always dope to give Nipsey his namesake award. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's dumb to give Donald Trump his namesake award, too. <laughs> yeah, I know we got Donald well, Trump's well, shut-up stupid award. Well, we tend to do that a fair <laughs> bit, though. He tend- <laughs> He's still around fucking up, so... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, one of our queens... Oh, man. One of our queens... A true queen, a true queen, a true lady. Michelle Obama... The is first lady. The, the first lady. Is gonna have a school named after her in California. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's in Northern California. So that's yeah, it's Oakland. near. Yeah, it's well, no, it's near like uh, Southern California is L.A. Right? Yeah, no, Southern California is L.A. Northern California is Oakland, and this is actually Richmond, California, oh, yeah, which is right, just right outside. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, how nice to be out Oakland. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Yeah, um, but this is dope because um, they wanted to come up with a name that was impactful and showed their their commitment to diversity, their commitment to uh, being all-inclusive, and it's supposed to be a brand-new facility as well. So this is just dope all around it, and they couldn't have picked a better person to name the school after me. I agree. It was a unanimous vote. It's an elementary school. yeah. Yeah, that's just dope. That's just it's dope. dope all the way around. God, all the way I, I around. I like it. I like it. I love Michelle. I gotta finish her book. I got it on Audible, the audio book. Um, and I have not finished it. I'm sorry. It? It's great, you know, but I just haven't finished it. And, and it's my fault. But I will These things happen. Yeah, I am gonna try to don't wanna make this commitment. I'm gonna start it tomorrow. because uh, usually in the car. You know what's crazy? In the car. And I make the a pod name kickback playlist, and that's normally what I'm listening to. But I've been listening to podcasts and books now. I'm on my JB Frank shit. I, t- I told you, man. <laughs> Once you got in the books, like, it was gonna be good. <laughs> Yo, I was at the um leaving the liquor store, JB pulling up. I hear JB pulling up with a book playing. I'm like, this nigga. <laughs> yep. And this was Friday, right? Yep, Friday, Friday after work. Nigga after pulled work. up. You know, we, we live in the same neighborhood. And you pull up, I see him, and all I hear is some a white man talking. <laughs> Yep, fantasy book, fantasy book, <laughs> The Dresden Files, excellent audio books for those of you who are into fantasy, um, yeah, maybe I'll geek what, out on that. What's that about? Um, so it's about, <clears throat> it's about a wizard, but it's set in modern day Chicago. Now the series has about 15 books in it, plus three God, or four damn. side books, um, and it started about, I don't know, easily like 15, 16 years ago easily but anyway it's set in modern times and it's a guy, and it's about a guy who's a, a private investigator but he is an openly practicing wizard so it's about okay. him dealing with all of this magical shit but in the context of like modern society dealing with the cops and modern evidence and all of that kind of shit it's really really cool and he intersperses like all of the fairy tales you've ever heard in your life into the story. Fan, uh, you know, 
Fairy Godmother, uh, Three Billy Goats Gruff, the the mm. yeah, Red Riding Hood, Santa Claus, <laughs> all of that shit. Everything. Yeah, everything. It's really, really dope. That's what's up. Um, another uh, fantasy uh, thing y'all should check out. Yes. You too, JB. You need to finish it. I need Lock to finish it. Yes, I need um, to finish it. I started it Friday. I started a couple of days earlier and was doing other shit. And I was like, oh, this one of them shows I got to watch, watch. So I put it on Friday night. I finished it Saturday morning, Damn. this weekend. Damn. So I spent my Valentine's Day with the kids of Lock and Key. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, um, Valentine's Day, did you do anything? Nah, not Valentine. I mean, shit, no. You saw me on Valentine's Day. No, oh, I didn't so yeah, do anything. That's the day we went to the, um, so the store. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, no, I didn't do anything Valentine's Day um, night, but I did hang out yesterday and today. So it was a, it was a good Valentine's Day okay. weekend. You, you, you want to tell us about who you were hanging with what's going on? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Jay, we got we to gotta start sharing, Jay. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't sharing that shit. That's, that's between me and my Valentine. <laughs> me and my Valentine. If you want to know what's going on, you should be there. <laughs> Man, um, the only thing I did was I went to a, a, a poly time party. Right, you got to talk about that, though. Yeah, you got to so, break that down. You know, poly time is, is a polyamorous event for those of you familiar with polyamory. Um, and I went with um, my polycule, like a, it, it's really more like a family, but it's um, a, a group of people. We went and partied and got shit faced, and it was a good time. And um, but there were a lot of lot of um, it, it was like in a mini mansion kinda, so it was kind of fancy. And like, oh, this is nice. This is this is okay. And I was g'd up. I was G'd up. Okay. I ain't gonna post no pictures. Okay. I'm gonna wear the outfit again. <laughs> but I was, just trust me, I was G'd up. <laughs> All right. I might post a picture. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta see. I'm wearing it off it again soon. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want niggas looking like, hey, he got this party time outfit. You <laughs> <laughs> gonna wear that shit to work tomorrow. What's up, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah, walking. Hey, hey, everybody. And somebody in my jogging be like, I saw you Saturday. <laughs> you gonna be on some Facebook post, some Instagram oh, post yeah, somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. I ain't think about that. Damn it. Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. But um, back to uh, Lock and Key. Um, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. So I will say this. It's about kids. It's magic. It's demons. It's good guys. It's bad guys. It's um, written well. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you get through probably the first episode or so, and you it's like, oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! And you you do that from like episode three, four until the ends, and it had one of those great endings where you're like, "Get the fuck!" Okay. And it, 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 there's a lot of anticipation for season two. Okay, that sounds good. Um, I tried to get through the first episode, but like you, I wasn't really paying attention. So I just it, it just kind of fell on his face for me. Mainly, I just fell asleep on it. I need to go back and watch it again. Another Netflix show that I was watching new is October Faction. Um, I heard about that. What, yeah. what I heard of it. What, what's, what's that about? Okay, so October Faction is about this group, and they're like, um, they're like a secret service organization, but their job is to 
kill monsters. They hunt and destroy the monsters. They're like the guardians of the earth or whatever against mm. monsters. Now, it's an interesting story because the story is about them raising their children while they're doing this job. And there's some really, really interesting plot twists in there. A lot of phasmatastical shit, magic and monsters mm. and all that good mm. stuff. But it's a really dope series. Really nice. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Another one we need to bring up is the Who Killed Malcolm X documentary. Yes, yes. I watched it. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoy anything with Malcolm in it. To see Malcolm, there had some footage that I hadn't seen before. Um, for those, we talked about me changing my name earlier. One of the biggest influences in my life is Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the biggest reasons I changed my name is Malcolm X. One of the biggest reasons I started down the path that I've been on um, it's Malcolm X. Um, he is probably my singular biggest hero. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, I don't make no apologies about it. Like, it, it, my heroes aren't yours. My heroes are like Malcolm X, Tupac. Like, I know niggas' heroes ain't Tupac, but it's mine. Malcolm X is Nothing mine. wrong with that. You know what Nothing I'm wrong with that. And um, I've all often wanted to get to the bottom of who killed Malcolm, and it looks like we do. Um. That's all I want to say. I want to give people a chance to watch it. Um, but it looks like we, we do figure out exactly who was involved, exactly who shot what, exactly who had what weapon, and the the actual weapon that delivered the death blow, and who shot that weapon. Yeah, and so uh, let me add this. Um, the evidence that comes to light in the documentary is so significant that the Manhattan District Attorney has actually agreed to reopen the investigation into Malcolm X's death from 1965. So the evidence that was shown in this documentary, mm-hmm. the documentary mm-hmm. itself has been so impactful um, amongst our populace that the uh, district attorney of Manhattan felt like he felt obligated to go back and look into the investigation given all of the pressure that's coming from the people. So again, another message here, kickbackers, is that people does move action in government. People can move action in government with their voices and their actions. Write your congressmen, write your state senators, write your local officials, because you can make change. Absolutely, man. Um, And... uh on a lighter note, so watch October Faction. Yes. Watch Lock and Key. Yes. And watch Who Killed Malcolm Who X. Who Killed Malcolm X, yes. And soon you'll be able to watch on Netflix, like everything else, for our Netflix and Chill segment, yep. the Nipsey Hussle Document. documentary mm-hmm. done by Ava DuVernay, who did 13th, yep. who should have picked up um, 24 Hours to Brooklyn, um, Shmi's movie, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. you know we'll, we'll yeah, get on her yeah. about that later. But um, I'm excited. She does great documentary work. Nipsey videotaped everything. He was constantly filming his own documentary of his life. So I know that there is shit tons of footage, mm-hmm. um, and to see how she devised that footage up, and along with the family, and 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 brings this to us via Netflix. I'ma love it. The family did release a statement saying we haven't chosen the company yet. Don't trip. This is all premature. But it was, another report came out saying that Netflix did, Ava DuVernay's company did outbid everybody else. Um, they say it was, you know, like multi-millions of dollars yep. to do it. Yep. And they are going with Netflix. So if that changes, if it's presented on a different platform 
we'll come back and make an edit and, and correct ourselves. But as of right now, it looks like it's going to be on Netflix. And I, I'm excited. I love seeing uh, Nip. Um, like like I said, he's one of my favorite rappers. Yeah, it's gonna be so, that's gonna be a nice story to hear yeah. told. And I want them to take their time and do it right. Really edit the footage. Really take their time and do it right. You know, we ain't, we ain't in no hurry. We can we can wait for them to to really yeah. really take their time yeah. and and give us a good doc. Hell yeah, hell yeah, and I and I believe Ava will do that, and the family. It's too important not to do it. Absolutely. Now I mentioned that Nipsey is one of my personal favorite rappers of all time. But uh, Billboard magazine put out their top 10 rappers of all time list. And I want to um, read you guys their list. And it has been a struggle to come up with my own list. And I think, JB, you struggled as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know who my personal favorites are. Yeah. But taking out my bias and going who's the best has been a little bit challenging. But I'll read you their list and uh, we can go from there. So at number 10, they got Lil Wayne. At number nine, they have Kendrick Lamar. At number eight, they have Ghostface Killer. Hmm. At number seven, they have Lauryn Hill. Whoa. At number six, they have Andre 3000. At number five, they have Nas. At number four, they have Rakim. At number three, they have Eminem. At number two, they have Jay-Z. At number one, they have Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. This is an interesting list. Yeah. uh, To say the least. Yeah. It is not my list. Yeah. I, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, they they brought up one dude that I had totally forgotten about when I was coming up with my list, and that's Biggie. But that's the only one that kind of jumped out at me. Um... They made him number one. Yeah, uh, I don't know that I would have done that either. I mean, he's definitely in my top five, though. No question about that. Yeah, I, 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 I used to penalize Biggie for not having a, a a big enough discography. Right. But um, time and history, like you can throw in a Biggie album now, it's gonna sound better than everything else out now. Yeah. Like, it just stood the test of time, he, and yeah. that is what ends Biggie up in my list. Yeah, absolutely. Biggie was not in my top ten. No, he was Nas a lyrical was genius. Nas was not in my top ten. Biggie's music aged beautifully, and Nas' lyrical ability, song making ability, aged beautifully. Absolutely, and that's why I know that's like I had to take Biggie and Nas were not in my top ten before. Um, well, they weren't in my top five. They may have been in my, the bottom of my top ten, but they've moved up. Right, and they play a more significant role. Yeah, I put together a list, my own list. <laughs> it's subject to change. Right. But I just, I, I wrote the list, and I said, I'm not going to change it. I just, I just wrote it, and this is what it is, and I'm going to read it to you as is. But it's probably, it could, it, it could change. It could change. Um, but I wanted to stand on something. I made, like, one edit right before the show, and this is what I have now. And judge me. I want you to. I'll go from 10 to 1. So okay. At number 10, I have LL Cool J. Really briefly, uh, there were several points in hip-hop history. LL was the greatest rapper of all time. Yeah. He took, coined the phrase GOAT, which is greatest of all time. His discography, you know, you could put it up against anybody's. He's older, so he's not, you know, he, he was a peer of Run DMC. He was a peer of Rakim. He was a peer of Jay-Z. He was a peer of Cannabis. And he w- was a peer of Chance the Rapper. 
Like he's stressed. He's existed four in decades. decades. Four of them. Um, five maybe, maybe. Cause Lil Wayne said he was in four. 80s, I'm like 90s, Lil Wayne was in four. 2000, in, 2010, 2020s. We're in 2020s. Yeah, that's five. Yeah. yeah, five decades, and he has a new album coming out this year. <laughs> yeah, then it's five with Pharrell. I think it's Pharrell. I think it's him and Pharrell. Yeah. Um, so that's number ten. LL. Number nine, Red Man. Red Man, who shares my birthday, uh, when he first came out, I thought he was the best rapper ever. I was like, this nigga is better than everybody. Like, this is weird. Like, this is weird. He did He's better than everybody. Yeah, he was a prodigy when he came out. Though. Um, no the question. Superman Lover series that he has on all his albums. Uh, what the album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Money Waters. And then he kind of, to me, fell off a little bit. Then he came back with Doc's The Name. And I was like, yo, Red Man still popping? And I, and I have Redman on our latest uh, playlist with the song Step the Shit Out You. And I'm like, man, it's not just an Aries 417 birthday thing, but Redman is one of my favorites, and I think he's one of the best. And I think he's uh, Eminem's biggest influence. And Eminem named him number one on his list. Interesting. Interesting. So I, I give Reggie that. At number eight, I have Nas. I know everybody else has Nas higher. I know you're all mad at me, but I just don't think he made enough good albums. His B selection was trash uh, most of the times, but he shined beyond that. And his catalog, I'm not going to say he's aging gracefully, but Nas is aging gracefully. Nas's songs, I'm a bigger Nas fan now than I ever was. That's fair. That's fair. I think you probably appreciate his lyricism more now than you did before, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Number seven, I put Biggie right above Nas only because Biggie didn't live long enough to have as many missteps. And we have to give Biggie credit for two classic albums. If you do uh, 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 Life After Death is two albums because it was a double album, then that's mm-hmm. three. And his mixtapes beforehand, Biggie was just special. He was just special. Shit, too much beer. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, at number 10, 9, 8, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Number 6, I put Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy Kane is the rapper that I patterned my style after the most when I was a rapper. Um, he made songs for the ladies. He made pro-black songs. He was a five percenter. He made lyrical battle songs. And you would get the occasional gangster shit from Kane, too. Kane delivered on every platform, every genre of hip-hop, R&B rap, pop rap, gangster rap, uh, pro-black rap. He delivered in every category, and he was the shit in every single genre of hip-hop that he decided to delve into. He did a damn song with Rudy Ray Moore, you know, doing the dozens. He did a damn song with Barry White, a love song. You know what I'm saying? Like, he he wrote Raw. He did set it off. He wrote Wrath of Cain. I don't know what else to say. Um, and number five, the only rapper who I listened to their mixtape and contemplated retiring from rap for about a month or two. I said, there's no way I can be better than this. I remember when I you said that. I should just stop. <laughs> I remember Maybe I should stop. That. And that's Lil Wayne. I will admit, the last couple of years, you know, yeah, you know, but Lil Wayne's career from the very first album up until 2015, I don't know anybody who's really had a decidedly better career. Um, so I got Lil Wayne in my top five. Number four, one of my personal favorites, Scarface. 
you know, Scarface storytelling rap, that gangster shit, talking about mental health disorder, um, giving you crazy visuals and stories. I think Scarface is the greatest rapper to ever come out of the South, and I put him at number four, period. Um, Rakim, number three. Rakim has been number one most of my life, but um, there were two rappers that, in my opinion, outshine Rakim. Rakim created a new style in hip-hop, the monotone flow, that, 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 that laid-back smooth shit um, with conscious messages and his delivery, his cadence, his swag, his 5% swag. Rakim was the greatest rapper of all time for like 20 years, and then it got choppy after that. And a lot of you youngins don't even remember that. We don't even know who the hell he is. So I don't expect you youngins to really you know, feel that. But like, yeah. Number two, I have my personal favorite rapper of all time. My favorite, Tupac. Um, his influence, his flow, his albums, his discography, his, his everything Tupac did was great. He wasn't the most punchline, metaphory nigga, but Pac, when he rapped, you felt it. And I don't think anybody's ever made us feel the way Tupac made us feel. And that counts for a whole fucking lot. Yeah, I mean, he was inspiring. No question about that, man. No question. And number one is inspiring as well. I got Jay-Z at number one based on his discography, his influence on hip-hop, his ability to change his flow, his, inf his ability to influence generation after generation after generation. And now him going from, you know, vanity rapper to conscious rapper and giving us everything in between. And his last album at the age of like 47, 444, is arguably his best album. So you got like, if Jay-Z, you know, God forbid, if he died today, I think people would say his best album is his first album, and number two was his last album. And when you can do that with a career that spanned 30 plus years, and people are saying your last album might be your best ever, I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want to throw out one honorable mention. We, we came up with a couple because yeah. they asked me about it. Yeah, Kendrick yeah. Lamar, Kooji Rap. My one honorable mention that I want to throw out, um, aside from everybody, is T.I. I want to throw nah, T.I. out there. Yeah, you got you to gotta throw T.I. in there. T.I. is in my mention. top ten. I don't know who leaves, but right. I, I'll take somebody out to put T.I. in. That's right. how strongly I feel about T.I. Right. Well, rather than rather than covering over my entire top ten, because, again, we're brothers. <laughs> We've known each other for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Most of your top ten is mine. So, um, you can you give know. us some ones that I didn't name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boom. Perfect. Exactly. Perfect. Um, you mentioned Coogee Rap, honorable mention. I brought him up earlier. I would, I would slide Ice Cube in there just yeah. because Ice yeah, Cube... Yeah. Ice Cube just made some of those like transcendental songs, like just songs that everybody knows, everybody remembers, like, and he just has such a distinctive style. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, MC8 is another one of those kind of, um, you know, people yeah. people don't really talk about him a whole lot, uh, but I had brought him up off the air when we were talking about cats who just were just incredible lyricists and who created their own style that was just so mm -hmm. unique and so special that you couldn't, you know what I'm saying? It was yeah. like, what? Um, and this is the one that's going to throw everybody off, but it's not going to surprise you at all because okay. I had their debut album. I listened to it like 
87 times. First time I heard it, you played it for me. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Das Effects. No, I was thinking EBMD. No, I was thinking Das Effects this time. Uh, That's why I said I'm going to add a little different. Uh, they came with... I'm I still know that whole song by heart. And then the last one, of course, is Eric Sherman from EPMD, as you brought up. Yeah, yeah I brought him up. Das Effects was crazy. They created a whole style. That's exactly they why I brought them. shit. They... All by themselves. And it was crazy. And their punchlines were Ridicu- ridiculous. Ridiculous. They should get mentioned amongst the top groups of all time. They should definitely get mentioned. It was something weird happened. Like they when only they, did when like they, three albums or yeah, something. And when they did right? their second album, it just didn't hit. Right. Right. It, yeah, it was well, just that, weird. Yeah, it was like cause it was it was the same sort of style. And I think I think, you know, the shine kind of Got worn off for that style yeah, the, the a little bit. The blue was off the rose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I learned that watching some TV show. <laughs> uh, oh, um, uh, uh, my show with the vampires, the originals. Yeah, yeah. The, the bloom was off the rose. Um, if you if you want to debate us on our list, please feel free to do so. Um, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Christian Mingle, Black Men Who Love Good Pussy. We're on all those sites. Pine and <laughs> Kickback. Um, <laughs> A guy who we thought would be in the top 10 but never released the album is now saying he's releasing an album. Jay Electronica says his debut album was coming in 40 days. He said that about five days ago. And the rumor is that Jay-Z is on like 11 of the 14 songs. Wow. So this is damn near a joint album with Jay-Z. Yo. Like, whoa. Uh, And and Jay Electronica is a fiber center. Right. Jay-Z, of course, is a fiber center. And I'm a fiber center. And I can only imagine the knowledge that's going to be dropped on that album. I, I look at this as 444 times 4. Nigga, like, this shit going to be crazy. Should be a lot of fun. Should yeah, be a should whole be educational. Lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, crazy. And uh, before we get out of here, we got to talk about NBA All-Star Weekend. Yeah. So Ooh. before we get to the highlight, let, let's go with... Uh, the uh the, the skills challenge. Well, let me say let me say this to start out new okay. real quick. Um, shout out to the NBA uh and the and the All Star Committee for naming the All Star yep. MVP award after Kobe Bean Bryant. It is now the Kobe Bryant All Star MVP award. So we definitely want to shout them for that. And I know everybody's gonna try to win it this year because it's, it's the first year and of it's course. Kobe. Of course. Um, and they they paid a tribute to Kobe, and I like what they did. You know, everybody's doing the 24 seconds or the 8 seconds or the 24.2 for this daughter and of silence. Instead of doing that, they did a moment of cheering. And they also included late commissioner David Stern. Hey. So they did a tribute for Kobe, Gianna, and David Stern. But it, for 24.2 seconds, they had the building scream as loud as they could. And just in love and support. That is awesome. And it was like, they like, get louder, get louder. And he was like, ah! I was, I was like, ah! I was in the hotel, but I still was like, ah! <laughs> um. <laughs> you gotta love how New would give you that Eddie Murphy scream. <laughs> so, ah! He do it just like Eddie Murphy, Tony Kickbackers. Ah! <laughs> that shit is crazy every time he do that shit. Wow! <laughs> like, why he oh, look like shit. that? <laughs> oh, That's probably where I got it from. Yeah! You look just... It's like that nigga. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Is it coming to America? Come out this year? 
Oh my goodness! Well, is it next year? I think I it's next. It's I well, I hope well, it's, it's this year it's too. It's January. What's February? Yeah, it could be this year. I hope it's because it no, said like finished. they finished recording. Yeah, so it was like May or something of of was it this year? It's got to be this year. They done. That would be dope. Oh, oh. <laughs> I can't wait to go see that. Oh shit. man, that's gonna be funny. I can't wait to see that. Shit. Yeah, man. Um, but back, man, I can't wait to see the game tonight because we're recording right before the game starts. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> The skills challenge, you know, is you know passing, dribbling, shooting, and is is they match a big against a small, so a forward against a guard, and and if in the first round like four forwards and four guards, each forward won, and then wow. it was the forwards against each other, and um, Bam out of Bayou from the Miami Heat who actually plays center, he's a six nine center, um, he actually won, and he, he made his threes, um, wow, so shout out to him. Um, in the three-point shootout, we had one of our guys, Davis Bertans, Latvian. Yeah, Latvian. The Latvian Laser, who's one of the greatest three-point shooters in the league this year. Um, six foot ten, stroking. He made it to the finals, but he wound up losing to Buddy Hield of the Sacramento Kings. Buddy Buckus is what they call him, and it was crazy. It was clutch. He was down by like nine points going to his final basket where you put all your money balls, which are worth two points. Oh, and they now have two areas where the shots are worth, I think, four points or three points where they're really far Steph Curry type threes. Davis Bertans of the Wizards was the only one to make both. Mm. Shout out to Davis the Lavian Laser. But, um, uh, what the fuck was that? Buddy Hield um, had to make every one of his money balls to win at the on the last bucket. So he was down by one point with one ball left, and he shot it and one by one. His hey. time expired. That's as exciting a three point contest as you're gonna get. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But, but the highlight. I was about to say, break it down though. Break but down. The yeah, man. Woo. The dunk contest, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. Hot take, everybody listen. The greatest dunk contest of all time. Yeah. Here's the bullshit, though. They robbed Aaron Gordon for the second year. Yeah, that was was Aaron Gordon of the Orlando Magic beat uh, Dennis Jr. of the Miami Heat. He didn't kill him. He didn't beat him by a lot of points, but he won. They yeah. robbed him on the last dunk. Last they, dunk. They had Dwayne Wade like as a judge. triple overtime or some shit. Yeah, they did triple overtime for the dunk contest because they both kept getting 50s. Aaron Gordon had a 50 all the way into his final dunk. Right. Where they gave him a 47, and they gave Derrick Jones a 48 and made him the winner. And I think Dwayne Wade took a point away because he wanted to Miami. He got a win. It was total bullshit. Aaron Gordon, I'm saying another hot take, is the most creative dunker in the history of the dunk contest. Yeah. And we're about to lose him. He said he's never going to do it again. They robbed him twice. And I will agree. This isn't being a sore loser. They robbed him twice. Now, they, they legit robbed him this time because he got all perfects on all of his dunks all the way through the entire contest. I don't even know how the hell it got. I mean, I guess they did a final round or whatever, and then mm-hmm. both of them started getting a string of perks perfects which got it in the overtime or whatever but if you got perfects all the way through and this other dude didn't then shouldn't he be the de facto winner he took his shoes off and was like i'm not dunking no more i got i have only perfect scores i have five straight 50s and we're in double overtime just stop it already and give it to me on points and um it's bullshit it's total bullshit 
That is the only black eye to the NBA All-Star Weekend so far. Yeah. Haven't watched the All-Star game yet. Right. But the fact that Aaron Gordon got robbed twice and the fact that I will not be able to see him dunk again because he's so sick of getting robbed is a fucking travesty. Yeah. He's the greatest dunk contest participant ever. Yeah, I mean, are you talking about... Better than Vince. Yeah, you talk about folks who watched Vince Carter dunk. You talk about folk who... You talking to people who watched the first foul line dunk in the dunk contest, yep. the first windmill dunk in the dunk contest, yep. you know, we so... was watching that shit as little kids. Oh, shit. JB, what you call it? It happens. Shit. <laughs> shit. All right, well, finish us up, dude. God damn. I'm sorry. Uh, for y'all listening, JB just spilled his drink on my on my alpaca rug. This is alpaca. You remember that shit? What's the movie? Um, Goddamn. Alpaca, you blocked, it. you blocked that shit. Yeah, American yeah, yeah. Gangster. American Gangster. American Gangster. With uh, Denzel, um, Denzel Yeah, yeah. You blocked that shit. And I, 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 I think I might have actually taught you the black technique. Yeah, and my, and one of my older yeah. papas in, in Maryland, yeah, yeah, we used to feel something. You were like, you blocked that shit. I was like, yeah. It wasn't the alpaca, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's still got to get cleaned, though. It's still got to yeah. get dealt with. My bad, yeah. All good, all good. I want to thank you guys for tuning in with us this week. Um, last week's show, Trigger Warning, did very, very well. Uh, very thankful for all the support. And uh, we have some special guests coming up the next two shows. Um, fuck it, I tell you, you have DeAndre Sanders, Deion Sanders' yeah. daughter. We have um, a reality show star that's going to be on the, uh, the following week. So we got some interesting things going on. I'll be on Jay's podcast at a live event this Saturday. JB, make sure you, you slide through uh, at, a, at a smoke shop. I think it's Edgewood Smoke Shop if you guys want to come out. And um, we just going to keep doing our thing and preparing for Indeed. our live show. Indeed. Sign up for our Patreon to help support and get the live show up and going. Yeah. You can subscribe for $2 a month, $4 a month, or $8 a month. And um, just shout out to everybody, man. And then, oh, one thing we didn't talk about. So I got these, this, this chick I've been dealing with from time to time. And then I got another chick I used to deal with. And I just found out they are now dealing with each other. <laughs> I feel like I should get an automatic threesome out of this deal. We should really be a thruple. That's how I feel. We should really, really be a thruple. Because, I mean, and uh, I don't get too much details, but they enjoy me. Hey. I'll put it that way. And, and it should happen. One of them faking. But what do, you, what do y'all guys take on that? If you date two women separately, and then you find out they're now dating each other, what are the rules with this? I think I deserve a threesome or a thumple or something. JB, <laughs> am I within my rights? I, uh, well, why not? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. See, JB agrees with me. Why not? He has a degree from Harvard, so obviously I'm right. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I will talk about that more next week. Right. Um, let's get up out of here, man. And the tradition of the great, late, great Kobe Bryant, Mamba out.